Hi, welcome to the Vine Church podcast, where this week we are privileged to have Pastor Aaron Dowds giving a great message. Enjoy. God said, let there be light. Those four words are still creating galaxies at the outer edges of the universe. How did God do it? He did it with his voice. The universe is God's way of saying, look at what I can do with four words. And if God can do that with four words, what are we worried about? The voice that spoke the universe into existence is the same voice that split the Red Sea and made the sun stand still. His voice can heal a withered arm or wither a barren fig tree. His voice can turn water into wine. It can install synaptic connections between the optic nerve and visual cortex of a blind man's brain. And it can resurrect a man who was four days dead. There's nothing God's voice cannot say, cannot do. And frankly, he can do it however he pleases. He can speak through a burning bush or Balaam's donkey. His voice can stop a storm on the Sea of Galilee with three words, peace. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Whisper. We're starting a new four-week series this morning called Whisper. And girls, thank you so much for all your hard work getting ready for me this morning. We could have a timer up and start and go up the way because... that's easier for me to keep on track. Good morning. I'm uh, really excited about the voice, the whisper of God this morning. Um, if you have a, a smartphone and if you have the Bible app on it, can you just uh, raise your uh, phone up for me just now? Just hold your phone up. Okay. If you want to, you can click on your Bible app just now. Just do that. And once, once you've opened the Bible app, if you click on the more menu and then events button and then if you're tracking devices on, um, it should come up, Divine Church. Just uh, click on that, and you've got all the notes and links for today's message, okay? You've got all the video links. You've got quotes. You've got the scripture. You can take your notes in there. You can export them. Has anybody managed to find that? If you have, just hold your smartphone up so I know that one or two people, this is actually working. Okay. You don't have to use it, but it's just to make you aware of it. It's there. You can engage. You can highlight. You can check the verses in a different translation. You can add your notes. You can then save the event. You can then export all of those notes to your favorite notepad if you want to. If you prefer the pencil and paper, please do. Okay. That was Mark Batterson, and he's written a book called Whisper, and that's what's inspired this series and we're going to be working through some of this stuff. He was talking about a renowned opera singer. If we could have my first slide. Oh, wonderful. Let's, let's just uh, check this. Yep, that's working beautifully. Okay. Um, he talked about a renowned opera singer that had been deafened by the sound of his own voice. He had become partially deaf, and this partial deafness made him unable to hit certain notes that were well within his vocal range. It's quite revolutionary thinking at that, at that time. And what he discovered is that if you can't hear a note, you can't sing that note. In Dr. Tomatis' words, the voice can only reproduce what the ear can hear. Thinking about that spiritually for a second, the reason that most of us have lost our voice is because maybe... We've lost our ability 
to listen. By voice, I mean your unique voice, your unique, contribu your unique contribution, your unique message of your life. And the song that God has sent you, the song of your life that he has sent to, to sing into this world. Just uh, sliding about with this. I pop this in my pocket. There we go. Okay. Mark Batterson said, the voice can only reproduce that which the ear can hear. Now, the, the reason that human beings may struggle to speak with a voice of grace, the reason that human beings may struggle to speak with a voice of love, with a voice of affirmation, with a voice of encouragement, with a voice of gentleness, is that possibly human beings are not hearing any of these things on a regular, consistent, daily basis. But if the, hear, the ear begins to hear a steady stream of heavenly words of grace, of love, of affirmation, of encouragement, of gentleness, then maybe the human beings will be able to bring a voice of heaven and release the voice of heaven on earth. The song of heaven will begin to be sung on earth. The kingdom will come on earth as it is in heaven and his will be done on earth. Because the voice can only reproduce that which the ear can hear. Let me ask you a question. What is your loudest voice that you're listening to? Is it his voice? Is it the voice of culture? Is it the voice of condemnation? Is it the voice of criticism? Is it the voice of doubt and negativity? Because the voice that you most loudly hear is the voice that you will communicate. Because all of us need to find our voice, our unique voice to the, to the world, but it starts with what we are hearing very often subconscious. Now in Mark chapter 7, Jesus is brought to a man who is deaf and he has a speech impediment. Okay. He's deaf. He's got a speech impediment. This man in Mark chapter 7, his voice is only able to reproduce that which he can hear, which is very little. There was a, con a, a connection in this man in Mark chapter 7 between his inability to hear and his inability to speak. Let's pick up the verses in Mark 7, 33. And taking him aside from the crowd privately, he, that's Jesus, put his fingers into his ears and after spitting, touched his tongue. Imagine you came forward for prayer today and the, the, the person just spat and put their, their fingers in your ears. A bit unconventional. You might not come back to this church. You might not like it. it might not be religious enough. You maybe want some holy oil sprinkled over you, and uh, hence the reason that many, I think, never followed you. This man's pretty radical. Just <sighs> right. Let's pray. No fancy bottles of anointing oil from Amazon. 
None of your Rose of Sharon sweet-scented fragrance. No, it was just good old spit. Okay, that'll do. That will do. That'll do nicely. So, and taking him aside from the crowd privately, put his fingers into his ears and spitting, touched his tongue and looking up to heaven, he sighed to him and said, Ephatha, Ephatha. I've been practicing the translation of that, all right? Ephatha, which means be opened. And his ears were opened, his tongue was released, and he spoke plainly. So Jesus says one word, Ephatha, which means be opened. Now I want you to notice the sequence of events that happens after one word, Ephatha. His ears were opened, number one. Number two, his tongue was released. Number three, he spoke plainly. Okay, Mark 7, 33 to 35. What happened? His ears were opened, his tongue was released, and the last thing was his speech was sorted. Ephatha may just be the one word that Jesus needs to speak to the church on earth today. Ephatha may be the one word that Jesus needs to speak to you and I today. And I want you to let him speak that word to you right now, supernaturally. Ephatha, 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 be opened, be opened. Let the spiritual, let him who has ears, let him hear. Ephatha, let the ears of the church be opened to the voice, the whisper of Heavenly Father. Ephatha, let the deaf ears be opened. Because before the speech is plain and simple and admirable and graceworthy and loving and kind and gentle, the ears are first opened. Ephatha, Ephatha. Let him speak that word over the church. Because many of us have become like this man in Mark 7, deaf to the voice of God, and therefore our voice is limited, like a speech impediment, making us unable to speak with the grace, the love, the kindness, the grace, and the truth that Jesus Christ spoke with. No wonder no one is listening or paying attention to the church these days. No wonder the church has lost its voice. No longer are the world coming to the church for the wisdom. They're going to self-help books. The church has lost its authority. In general, I'm speaking a large part of it and not all of it. But you see, it was like that with the Pharisees in Jesus' day until Jesus showed up and shaked it up because he spoke plainly. Everyone was amazed by Jesus' words. His words were plain, and he spoke plainly, and his teaching was plain. The Pharisees spoke truth, and no one was amazed. No one was listening, and they were burdened heavily, and that's what many feel like with the voice of the church that's been released on the earth today. But Jesus came bringing heavenly words from Father in heaven to earth. He spoke and brought grace and truth. And everyone was amazed by his teaching. Jesus, you see, had open ears. He had open ears. And he had an open mouth, speaking what the Father revealed to him to speak. He was literally, Jesus Christ was literally bringing heaven to earth. The voice of heaven to earth, the song being sung in heaven 
Zephaniah 3.17, he sings over us with love. What does it say, Lindsay? Can't remember. (laughs) He sings over us with songs of love. Jesus Christ was bringing the song of heaven and singing it upon the earth. You see, Dr. Tamaris, he discovered hundreds of years later what Jesus already knew. Speech problems were really hearing problems. Well, incredibly, Dr. Tamaris himself cited this very miracle of Jesus as the confirmation of his conclusion that the mouth can speak only that which the ear can hear. And he wrote about it in the conscious ear by Tamaris. You see, Mark Patterson, he puts it very nicely. He says this, nothing has the potential to change your life like the whisper of God. Nothing will determine your destiny more than your ability to hear his still small voice. That's how you discern the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. That's how you see and seize divine appointments. That's how God-sized dreams are birthed, and that's how miracles happen, Mark Batterson. In his book, Whisper, Batterson teaches on the different ways that God whispers to us, and he calls them God's seven love languages. They include scripture, desires, doors, dreams, people, promptings, and the whisper of pain. It's all in his book. You can buy it. Now, I want to give you an example of the power of a whisper and the different types of whisper in communication that God used in a man called Bill Cody. It's in a documentary that many of you have seen called Journey of a Yes. It's a 45-minute that you can watch, Journey of a Yes, And in it, it tells the story of this poor Haitian woman who uh, was struggling looking after 40 to 50 Haitian orphans. And she was praying to God and crying out to God for a miracle that God would give her land and a home and a new future for all of these children. And when people cry out to God in prayer, And in faith, how does God respond? He looks to and fro upon the earth to find someone who is devoted and is listening. And he will send his whisper. He will look upon the earth to to find someone who is devoted in their heart, who has an open ear, who is willing to listen. But God knows will not only listen, but will act. Because there are many who will listen to the voice of God and do nothing else. And what does the Bible describe that as? Dead faith. God is looking for those who are willing to show up. Let's watch this little clip to tell you. And look for the whisper of God. Look at those seven love languages that Bill Cody starts to hear. He doesn't use that language. But he will start to tell you about how he began to hear a whisper. Desires feelings, sleeplessness. Let's just watch that two minutes of this clip. Thank you. Pop these big lights down if you're able.
When you see natural disasters on the television, which is when I, when I first heard and saw of it, you're always shocked and always disturbed. But when you've been to a place and visited it and met the people, it's, it takes on a whole new level. It's like family. It's like people that you know, people you've met. So it affected me in quite a... a, a deep way. And I think my initial response was just to feel completely helpless. I wanted to help these people and you realised what trouble these people were in. You realised how difficult it was going to be for them. I was in an English class on La Guinave. I taught English to adult students and the entire building began to shake and it sounded like a large truck was going by on the road. We exited the building and I immediately went home, which was just up the road, and realized that Haiti had suffered a major earthquake. The entire country was affected by the death toll of the earthquake because every family has members of that village or members of that family in Port-au-Prince attending university, working a job. Then, of course, there was a lot more orphans, a lot of children that had lost their parents. Um, criminals are opportunistic and where there's opportunity they, they see dollar signs in front of their eyes. You know, children are an opportunity to make money through exploitation and trafficking and that was literally what happened after the earthquake. Children were put at increased danger and increased risk really. I was on a Sunday afternoon and I'm sitting in my living room reading the newspaper and, and it's this human interest story about a 12-year-old girl named Maria. Her parents were killed in the earthquake She'd been kidnapped, trafficked across the border in the Dominican Republic, and was sold in the sex slave trade. In this article, it noted that 300 Haitian children were kidnapped a year and trafficked across the border into the sex slave trade prior to the earthquake. But that in the nine months since the earthquake, that number had risen to about 10,000. Of course, like anybody would be when you hear that, you're outraged and you're brokenhearted that there are human beings out there that would exploit parentless children as you're reading the story, you read about Maria and what her life was like, and then uh, they're interviewing Haitians living on the border at a couple of the crossing points that these children would be smuggled over. In this interview, she said, everybody knows what's happening here and nobody cares. It wasn't like nothing had been being done, but according to this woman's testimony that day on that border, this tragedy was happening and everybody knew it was going on and nobody cares. And so I just felt a visceral reaction to want to rebut that testimony with another one. You know, that what can we do that shows actually that God does care and that, that somebody, some people do care. So after a couple of weeks, I was laying in bed when I was, I cannot shake Maria. But it wasn't about Maria in specific, it was about the potential reality of that new story. So I had to move to a, a next step, which for me over the years I've learned is sometimes we just have to show up. Did you catch what he said? He said, I was outraged and brokenhearted. I felt a visceral reaction to want to rebut that testimony with another one. I asked, what can we do to show that God does care and some people do care? Do you recognize the whisper of God in his desires? He had a desire to rebut the testimony, to rewrite the story. He had a desire. God whispers through desire. Bill couldn't shake Maria. 
He couldn't shake a thought. He couldn't shake a story. Here he is, completely disconnected, has no connection to Madame Soleil, no connection to Haiti whatsoever. He's reading a newspaper, and he cannot shake Maria. Isn't that phenomenal? The whisper of God through dreams and thoughts and prompts. Bill said he had to move to the next step, and I think this is why God spoke to Bill, because he knew that there was somebody who would not only hear, but there was someone who would act. And he says, over the years, I've learned sometimes we just need to show up. And sometimes when God speaks to you about something or someone and you don't know what to do, you just need to show so Madame Soliet is dreaming. She's praying for a new orphan's village. And God responds to that prayer with a whisper to this disconnected man in California. He shows up. He meets Madame Soliet. And a result of this prayer, as a result of faith, God responds in a whisper. It's so important that we hear the whisper because God answers the prayers of the needy, the hurting, and the broken through whispering to someone who's listening and to someone who will show up. Your whisper, your listening could just be the answer to the prayer of someone who's praying just now. And God is looking and hearing the cries and he's ready to whisper to his people. And that's why it's so important that we are, we are listening. Because there was God's whisper, there was listening ears, there was an, uh, uh, an obedient heart, there was a showing up. And what was the result? We have now over 80 children in a beautiful state-of-the-art orphan's village, over 250, being educated in this solar power, beautiful, beautiful village. All glory, all praise, all thanks to God. Let's give him some praise. Come on. So I want to ask you, do you agree that nothing has the potential to change your life and the life of others quite like the whisper of God? Nothing will determine your destiny more than your ability to hear his still small voice and to respond to that voice. You see, hearing God's whisper is how God-sized dreams are birthed. We just saw that, didn't we? That's how miracles happen. You see, this building that we're sitting in today was once a whisper in our founding pastor's mind. You know that new hospital in Haiti was once a whisper. You know that concert frenzy that used to attract thousands from all over Scotland and saw hundreds and hundreds saved was once a whisper. And what do all these things have in common and many, many more stories in, that we could tell they all come, have the common thread of someone who was listening and someone who was ready to act. You see, a whisper can only transform if it's heard and acted upon. They're the two sides of the same coin, hearing and acting. They're common in the examples just given. People who hear the whisper of God, but then are people who are radical, are devoted people, are people who are willing to lay it all down, to show up, to allow, like the Good Samaritan, their lives to be interrupted, to allow the priority of the needs in front of them and people who are willing to show up. Because that's real faith. 
Because we know that faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing, but faith without action is dead. So real faith comes by hearing the whisper and then acting, and that's where the miracles begin to happen. You see, for thousands of years, every morning and evening, Jewish people have prayed these very well-known words as a way of expressing their devotion to God. They call it the Shema. Listen to the words in Deuteronomy 6, 4 to 5. The very first word starts with Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Deuteronomy 6, 4 to 5. The first word of the Shema is hear or listen, which in Hebrew is pronounced as Shema. Can everybody say your best Hebrew? Shema. Oh, amazing. Scottish Hebrew. Shema is very commonly used word in the Hebrew Bible. But the Hebrew authors use the word Shema to hear more than just sound waves entering your ear. It means more than that. It means and is used for pay attention. So Shema means hear and pay attention. But there's more. It includes response. You see, asking God to Shema in Hebrew is asking God to hear and respond. To hear and to act. It's similar when God asks his people to Shema. When he asks his people to hear, when he asks his people to listen, when he's asking them that, it's the same as him asking his people to listen and obey. Not just allow the sound waves to enter your ear, but to listen and obey. Because here's the fascinating thing about Shema. In ancient Hebrew, there is no separate word for the word obey. There's no separate word for the word obey, which means to carry out the wishes of someone. In fact, in the Bible, if you wanted to say, I will listen and do what you say, you would use a single, one word would be enough. It would be Shema. Because in Hebrew, listening and doing are the two sides of the same coin. So in the Bible, if people were actually listening they would act and do as requested. That's why we hear the phrase, you have ears but are not listening. Because if you were Shema, you would hear and respond. You have ears, there's sound waves going in, but you're not listening. You're not Shema because listening includes responding. It includes obedience. They cannot be disconnected. So in the end, listening in the Bible is about giving respect to the one speaking to you and doing what they say. You see, real listening takes effort plus action. Real listening takes effort plus action. You see, faith without works is dead. The question would be, why are we afraid to hear his whisper? 
sometimes we deliberately don't want to hear his whisper. We want to hear the voice of comfort, but not the voice of conviction. But here's the thing. If we will not listen to the whole voice of God, we will stop hearing him at all. You see, God wants to speak conviction, and he wants to speak comfort and dreams and vision and direction. But many don't want to hear the voice of God. Many don't want to hear the voice of and they've decided to close their ears to the convicting voice of the Holy Spirit. Now, here's the thing. There's a misunderstanding of who God is and what His purpose for your life is. Because when we really think about it, God is your perfect loving Father. Everything He communicates to you is out of His perfect love for you, for your well-being, for your goodness. Even His voice of conviction, His voice of conviction is He knows that you're heading into a fire. You're going on the path towards, I'm not talking about the eternal fire, although it could be that, but a fire that's going to burn you. And he knows fine well out of his love that he wants to redirect you and get you on to the right path. But many think, well, I don't want to hear the voice because it it will require some action. I will require some change in my life. But you see, the change that God wants is for your goodness. It's for your blessing. It's for your uh, wholeness. It's for your um, shalom, your well-being in every area of your life. And so we should desire the whisper of God. We should invite the whisper of God. We, like David, should be, search my heart and see if there be anything, God, that is displeasing to you in my life. Because I want to hear the voice of conviction as much as I want to hear your voice of comfort. But if we choose, pick and choose what we hear from God, we will stop hearing his voice at all. We have to be willing and open to hear everything. Now, I want to tell you a little story. And I was around four years old when God spoke to me in a whisper. This is told in the words of my mother sitting on the front row. This is what she says. You were about four, and you had a problem with your tummy from about two-ish every six weeks. It would blow up, and you would be in agony until you were sick. Dad would sometimes put his fingers down your throat to help you get relief. I can remember that. I can remember he once gave me a glass of salt, warm, salty water, and I never had that ever again. I preferred the fingers to the salt water. He said, every time you went, my mom said, every time you went to a party, you had trouble. The doctors never got to the, the bottom of it. After about one and a half years, you were in bed, and we came to pray with you as you weren't feeling well. And I've got a very clear visual picture, mental picture, memory in my head of this moment. I said, Aaron, Uh, God is going to speak to you tonight when we pray. What faith. What great faith. I said, what is God um, saying to you? And I can remember waiting for a few minutes and starting to get annoyed, actually, and saying, I can't see anything. I don't hear anything. I just see your silence and blackness. I can't see anything. I can't hear. But there was a faith there to wait. There was a faith. There was was a, a, a faith there that the voice will come in a whisper. So you have to be still. You have to slow down. You have to calm down. You have to wait. You have to be receptive. You have to be expectation. And then it came. Very, I remember, I just 
very vaguely like a fog, like a mist, just this mental picture. And then you said, at the age of four, I see a picture of a horse who's going to have a baby. And then I said, my mom said, what else? Well, I see a rainbow and God sitting on it, looking down. Interest in the rainbow was God's covenant of love and faithfulness. So I said, what is God saying to you, Aaron? And you said that when the horse has its baby, it won't be in any more pain. I said, yes. My mom said, yes. And, and, well, when you pray for me, I'm not going to have any more pain with my tummy like the horse. Imagine a four-year-old coming out with that. (laughs) You know, let's not underestimate our children's ability to hear from God, the whisper of God, if we encourage them. Wow, you not only had the picture, but the interpretation. We prayed, and you never had that problem again. It was truly a miracle. I remember every detail of it. Aaron, let's give God some praise for the power of a whisper. Again, I ask you the same question. Do you agree nothing has the potential to change your life and the life of others quite like the whisper of God? (laughs) That's me, by the way. People ask now who's older. I try not to look offended. In 1 Kings 19, we have Elijah. He's just received a death threat from Jezebel. And Elijah, he was afraid, so he flees for his life. He travels all day alone into a desert. He sits under a tree, and he prays that he might die. You ever been there? Mm, Just had enough. You've been involved in the highs of the spiritual life. You've experienced all, but you've just had enough. Just let me die. I've had enough can't take it anymore, Lord. So he sleeps under the tree. An angel wakes him up and feeds him hot bread and water. He then travels for 40 days to Mount Sinai. Maybe some of you are on that journey right now. Maybe you're on the wilderness trek right now because God had a whisper for Elijah, but he had to take him on a 40-day trek of wilderness the mountain of God. He spends the night in a cave. Sometimes God needs to take us to the cave of isolation, the cave of darkness, the cave of silence, the cave. God took him on a long journey until he was ready to listen. Let's pick it up in 1 Kings 19. Verse 10 to 12, and he said, go out and stand on the mount before the Lord, and behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of whisper. So the Lord, he wasn't in the wind, the earthquake or the fire, but it came to him in a gentle whisper. The ESV calls it a low whisper. The NASB calls it a gentle blowing. The King James Version calls it a still 
small voice. You see, when God wants to be heard, he often speaks just above the threshold of human hearing in a whisper. Of course, we can ask why and how and when, and we're going to get into that over the next three weeks, but the Hebrew word for whisper is the mama, not what you shout for when you need your cozy milk, but the mama, and it can be translated as silence, stillness, or calmness. See, the voice of God came to Elijah from the sound of a gentle whisper, from a place of stillness, of silence, of calm. And that is the challenge in our day to finding our voice. Because to find our voice, we need to hear his voice. And our lives are so noisy and loud that we drown out the gentle whisper and we become numb to his voice. Now, Julian Treasure, he studies sound and he advises businesses on how to use it. Businesses such as, what's that big game? The big one in London, the big famous department store, Harrods. Different departments of Harrods, he creates soundscapes to enhance the shopping experience to delay shoppers who will spend longer and spend more money. <laughs> it's such as the power of sound. That, uh, you can hear uh, the soundscapes and they're beautiful. It includes three things, usually wind, waves, and birds. There you go, make your own much cheaper. He'll probably charge you uh, loads for your own. Just create one for your office. You maybe linger longer and work, work longer and more peaceful. But uh, he's got a few, he did a TED talk in Edinburgh. It's called Shh. Sound health in eight steps. Here's 30 seconds of what he said. Let's just watch this. Imagine it. It's Shh. It's not good for you in the long run. The third problem with headphones is this, deafness. Noise-induced hearing disorder. 10 million Americans already have this for one reason or another. But really worryingly, 16%, uh, roughly, one in six of American teenagers suffer from noise-induced hearing disorder as a, as a result of hearing uh, headphone abuse. Uh, one study in an American university found that 61% of college freshmen had damaged hearing as a result of, hearing, uh, of headphone abuse. We may be raising an entire generation of deaf people. We may be raising an entire generation of deaf people. He said, wow, such is the noise of the culture that we live in. But I think the church in general is also raising an entire generation of deaf people. People who have NIHD, people who have noise-induced hearing disorder, who live our whole lives in the powerful winds, the earthquakes and the fires, and they never escape to the cave and to the wilderness. Find a place of stillness, silence, and calm to be able to stop long enough, delay long enough to hear the gentle whisper. You see, God was not in the, the powerful wind, the earthquake, or the fire. I'm going to continue this next week. Um, when we get into talking about 
Why is hearing God's voice so powerful? You see, and we'll get on to this next week. I want to uh, prepare for us uh, having communion just now. I just want to give a, I just want to say a gentle introduction. Maybe you wouldn't agree so much about the gentle part. But um, I want to give a, a brief introduction into the whisper of God. Hopefully, it will whet your appetite to delve in because we can't share enough with you in four weeks. Um, but we are blessed with books and studies, all that are on that app in there. Everything's on there. There's right now media for your small groups. There's, you know, there's, there's so much that we can uh, learn from those. We're, we're fortunate in this day to help, have resources to help us to, to, to hear. And we're going to, over the next four weeks, hear from different people about hearing the different love languages of God. The love languages of God. So, we're going to hear next week, faith comes, Romans 10, 17, King James Version, if you like, faith cometh, cometh by hearing and hearing our word of God. So if we have noise-induced hearing disorder, how are we ever going to have peace about our situation? Because for peace about your situation, you need his faith about your situation. And you can't get his faith about your situation until you hear his whisper about your situation. And so we're going to uh, unpack how to hear his whisper. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Wow, look at this building. Man, <laughs> when my dad first walked into this and saw the holes and saw the work and saw the finances that we had and saw the finances that we would need, if it wasn't for a whisper or a check or something of faith in his spirit, it wasn't just a human quality of craziness. <laughs> it, w it wasn't. Uh, even a crazy human being wouldn't be that crazy. <laughs> they, would, they would be like, yeah, I may be crazy, but uh, this is just uh, one step too far, you know. And, and that is the power of the whisper of God. What I want to say to you today is that God is love. And God wants to speak the voice of the Father over you. What is the loudest voice that you hear? You know, we, we, we say that men need the voice of affirmation. They need the voice of a father-type figure who is going to pull the greatness out of them, who's going to bring out the king in the boy. We, 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 we need the voice of a father who believes in us, who is speaking words of affirmation and kindness to us. You know, that's the voice of Heavenly Father. Many have never had a dad that's done that, and many suffer the, the fruits and the results of that and lack confidence and uh, lacked real um, emotional stability and health. But we believe that God's voice, the voice of Father, God is love. He sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to die upon the cross that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Father God loves you. He wants to come into your life to make you uh, whole, to give you a better future, to help your life be healthy and wholesome and strong in these difficult days. 
that your house, he wants your house to be strong. And that's why he sent his son, Jesus Christ, who would go to a cross. He would be nailed to the cross on our behalf. And here's the amazing thing, that you just have to believe and follow. Believe and follow. And you will be forgiven and you can come home to Father. And we're going to have, you know, Jesus said these words. He said, as we get ready. In John 6, 53, I assure you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you cannot have eternal life within you. So he's talking about the Last Supper as they shared the Passover meal when he broke the bread and he uh, shared the wine. And he started to tell them that the bread represents his body that was going to be broken upon the cross and the, 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 the wine would be, represent his blood. But those who eat my flesh and drink my blood have eternal life and I will raise them at the last day. For my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. All who eat my flesh and drink my blood will remain in me and I in them. I live by the power of the living Father who sent me. In the same way, those who partake of me will live because of me. I am the true bread from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will live forever and not die as your ancestors did, even though they ate manna. So let's just close our eyes just now. And just pray that last, uh, that last video, please. And I'm just going to pray. Okay. Going to give you opportunity first of all to become a Christian today, become a follower of Jesus Christ. Everybody just repeat this prayer after me. God loves you and he wants you to come home to Father today. He wants you to forgive you and give you a brand new life. You need to believe that Jesus died for you and you need to follow his teaching and commit, give your life to him today. Let's just pray this. Dear Father, thank you for sending your son. Please forgive me for all my wrongdoing and come into my life today. I believe Jesus Christ, you died upon the cross for me. I ask you to forgive me. Come into my life and make me your child. I come home to you today, Father, in Jesus' name. With every eye closed, if you say that prayer for the first time today, just raise your, your hand for me, please. Just put your hand up nice high. If anyone, I'm not going to pull you down in front, but if anyone prayed that prayer for the first time today, just put your hand nice and high. And we've got a gold bag at the back. Thank you so much. Thank you. Anybody else? God sees your hand. He sees your heart. He sees your prayer too. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Anybody else too? Okay, thank you. Well, there's going to be a gold bag, and Lindsay, if you wouldn't mind just standing at that table at the end and just handing the, if you go up the back, my beautiful wife, will, so there'll be a beautiful lady standing at that table, and she'll have a little gold bag just to give you, okay? And she can maybe tell you about ladies' events coming up as well that would like you to come along to. Thank you, Jesus. Let the Father just fill you with his love right now. Let's make a commitment to Father today and say, Father, I want to. Let's pray the six-word prayer that Samuel prayed. Lord, speak for your servant is listening. Let's repeat that together. Lord, speak for your servant is listening. One more time. Lord, speak for your servant is listening. And you see that word servant is so important because as we said, Shema 
is to hear and to respond. A servant responds to the voice of the master. So, Lord, speak for your servant is listening. God, we long for your whisper again. We long, Lord, to get out of the earthquakes, the storms, and to escape, Lord, to that place of calmness and silence, to the caves. Lord, if it takes a 40-day journey in wilderness, Lord, would you help us, Lord, to be a people? Jesus, your word says, my sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. Would you help us, Lord, to be a people who are sensitive to your voice? We're willing to respond by showing up. And Lord, we're going to see great miracles. Lord, we ask you to clear our ears. Ephatha, 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 be opened. We speak to our ears, be opened, that our tongues may be loosed and that we may speak plainly and release the song of heaven and sing the song of heaven to a broken, needy people in need of the song. May, Lord, we be a people who hear the voice of grace, the voice of love, the voice of gentleness, the voice of forgiveness and acceptance that our voices, Lord, would release to a desperate world the voice of love that our voice would speak the voice of acceptance, that our voices would speak grace when it's least deserved, that our voices would speak of your goodness and your kindness and your grace in Jesus' name. Let's just play that song once more and put it up a little. I just want to invite you to come. And this song is going to play one last time, and we're going to finish on this. But I would like you to come down the front. If I could have three people, maybe Tim, Mel, and Lindsay could take a tray each and just spread out at the front. I'm going to pray over the bread and the, the wine, and we're going to just ask you to come down. Just put that sound up as this song's playing. Just put the sound up a little bit. Come back to your seat and just take a moment and just say this six-word so prayer. Lord, times. speak for your servant is listening. The Lord wants to speak his love to you and say, you know what? doesn't matter how messed up, screwed up, how, how rubbish you feel you've been. His love for you never, ever changes as if you've never, ever messed up, as if you've never, ever been distant from him. And never changes. Nothing you do, doesn't matter how far, how distant. You might be Elijah sitting under that tree. His love for you has not changed one. He pursues you. He pursues you. And his voice, he wants you to hear his voice. His voice said to me, son, my power works best in your weakness. I said, Lord, I feel weak. I don't know, Lord. Son, my grace is enough for you. It's sufficient for you. My power works best through weakness doesn't matter how weak you feel doesn't matter how ineffective you feel it's not about you son it's about me and we will still ourselves to hear the voice of father it's a voice of love it's a perfect father and we need the voice of father it's a crying need to a deaf church that the ears of the church would be opened to father because his heart beats love with every single beat as a beat of love. It's a beat of affirmation. It's a beat 
says, come on, you can do it. I'm with you. I'll never leave you, never forsake you. I'll never leave you, lose you out of the palm of my hand. So Jesus, he broke the bread. His body was broken on that cross. And he took the blood. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your broken body. We thank you for your blood shed for us. And as we come now and share and, and take communion together, Lord Jesus. Jesus, would you draw close to our hearts once again? Would you draw us close? Would you rekindle our first love? And would you open our ears? In Jesus' name. So, yeah, just take a tray each, guys. And then just come down the front. You can form three cues. One in the middle, one at each side. And just, just come and take your bread and then just go back to your seat. And just have a quiet moment on your seat in prayer. Just pray. Okay, so just, yeah, just come up. There's three cues. Just form three cues. I said, just come up. This middle, middle row to Tim. This. Okay, just take, take a little cup. Take, break, just break a bit of bread off. Go back to your seat. Let's put that sound up. If we could just put that sound up in that song a little bit more. Just listen to the beautiful words of this I was lost and song. You found me. I was dead inside and you breathed into me and you brought these bones life. I want to say thank you. Thank you for saving me. As you drink thank that you and as you eat the bread, I believe there's a spiritual power and blessing in, when doing that in faith. Whatever you need, just say it to Jesus. If you need healing, if you need finance, whatever you need, just tell him your needs and believe that through his stripes, through his blood, you're healed and by his broken body. Yeah, just, just one last time. We'll just play that one last time. Such a, I listened to that song about 10 times yesterday and was completely broken completely broken by God's goodness in choosing us and our human frailty and weakness we would choose so many times just receive his Holy Spirit right now just receive his healing right now receive his forgiveness let him open your ears supernaturally, your spiritual ears. Let him do his ears. Let him hear. Hear his voice of love to you today. Feel his heartbeat towards you right now. And I want to say thank you. Just sing that thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for finding me. I was dead inside and you breathed into me and you brought these bones alive. I want to say thank you. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for loving me unconditionally, God. You stood with open arms.
have the band back up as well, because please. George, if we could finish in one last song. Miracles. Miracles. What's happened when we hear his voice? Miracles today. Miracles today. Miracles through his blood, through his body. Miracles. God can restore that which is broken. He can repair that which is unrepair. His voice, his breath, his spirit can breathe over the waters and bring into existence creation. His breath can split the Red Sea and bring it upon a vast army. His breath can birth a Messiah into a young Jewish virgin woman's womb. His breath, his spirit can raise Jesus Christ from the dead. Such is the power of his breath. There is nothing that is impossible to him who believes. Your impossible situations. Receive his whisper right now. Receive his whisper right now. Inside and you breathed into me and you brought these bones. 